Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. What is up, LifeGate? How are we today? Man, how many are happy to be in God's house today with our friends and our family? Beautiful weather. Aren't you glad it's not raining out there? Come on. I am so glad about that and so excited to be here with all of you here today in the third service. This is my favorite service. I just got to tell you, I love you guys. So thankful that you come for this late service on Sunday. And I'm excited today because we are wrapping up this series that we've been doing this last several weeks called Beyond Success. And man, I'm telling you, this has been one of my my favorite series that I have ever preached, I mean, in all my years of ministry. How many have enjoyed this series? You better raise your hand. You'll be a troll if you don't. I have enjoyed this series, and man, I think what I like about it is this just is kind of the way that I've tried to live my life, and some of the things that we've been studying are things that just have been principles that I've tried to live by throughout my ministry and throughout our career, and what we've been studying is in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus gives us this parable called the parable of the talents, and we've just been kind of diving in. We've taken a deep dive into this parable, and we've learned some really important principles really about what God has to say about success. Because how many know the world has a lot of different view of what success looks like than what God thinks about what success really is? And so we've kind of just kind of pulled out several principles that we've gone through week by week from this passage and from this parable in Matthew chapter 25. And then we've kind of had one key thought that's just kind of been the underlying theme of this entire series, kind of what I feel like this parable is teaching us about what God has has to say about success, and it's simply this. If you know it, you can say it with me, that success is simply reaching your full what? Your full potential, that every one of us have potential, that God has potential, that he has placed in your life. We see it in this parable that God has given us gifts and talents and abilities and things that he's placed inside of us. And one day we're going to stand before God, that even as Christians, one day we're going to stand before the master and we're going to give an account for what we did with our lives. Like, how did we live out the life that God gave us? What did we do with the potential that he placed inside of us? And on that day, it's not going to be about what did somebody else do. We're not going to be comparing ourselves to what somebody else got on that day. It's going to be about what did we do with what God placed inside of us and really success is simply that did I live up to my potential and that's my heart for you as your pastor I think that's why I've liked this series is because I've just had a chance to pour into you and say man I want every single one of you to be a success in God's eyes I want you to live up to your potential and as big of a deal as that has been for me and for you here's what I got to tell you today we've spent this life last six weeks talking about living up to your potential, talking about living a godly, successful life. And here's how I want to wrap this up today. I want to tell you there's actually something better than success. Everybody just look at your neighbor. Tell them there's something better than success. Come on, tell them there's something better. Now, some of you are going, what could be better than success? Like, what could be better than living up to my full potential? In fact, this that we're going to talk about today 
It's the beyond part of the beyond success. I know that's the title of the series, and some of you are going, well, we talked about success, but what about the whole beyond thing? And I'm going to tell you today, there is something that is beyond success. There is something that is better than living up to your potential, and that is simply this, living to your potential for a purpose. See, here's the deal, is that all of us can live up to our potential. All of us can build a successful life, but there's something even better than that. There's something beyond that, that if we would begin to live up to our potential for God's purposes in our lives, that we would live not just for what we could build, but we would live for, for, for something that's bigger and someone who is bigger than all of us. And there's a word for that. The word that I like to call something that's beyond success is this word called significant. Everybody say significant. See, here's the deal. I want you to be a success. But more than that, more than being a success, you know what I want you to be? I want you to be significant. Like, I want you to live a life that goes beyond you. I want you to live a life that goes beyond here and now. I want you to live a life of significance. In fact, I looked up this word significant. How many know it's cool that you can just look up anything with Google, right? You just get your phone out. And so I just looked up, what does this word significant actually mean? And the definition of the word significant, I love the way it says. It says to be significant means to have meaning. It means to, it means to have influence. It means to have importance. And here's what I started thinking, man, it's great to have, it's great to have success, but what if that success doesn't have any meaning? Like what if you build a life that really, really doesn't have any purpose to it? And there's something beyond just being successful or just, just like reaching your potential. And that is to live a life of purpose, a life of meaning that, that we would live a life that would last way after we're gone, that we would live a legacy kind of life, a life of importance, a life of influence, a life of significance. So what I want to do today is I want to wrap up this series. I want to talk about this idea of living a life of purpose, a life of significance. And I really just kind of started thinking about, and I noticed that there are three differences between success as the world sees success and significance. So if you're taking notes, you can write these three things down with us today. The first one is this, is that success is most of the time focused on me, but significance is focused on others. Now, let's just be honest here for just a second. How many know that we live in a world, a society, even as Christians, even in church sometimes, where we can be pretty self-centered? Isn't that true? I mean, so many times we can, we can kind of kind of focus on ourselves, kind of selfish, kind of live in life to kind of benefit our, ourselves, a selfish kind of a world. Kind of reminds me of this, this story I heard one time about the, this, this couple who had, uh, they were in there kind of getting in their mid-60s, and they were celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary. So they sat down at a nice restaurant to celebrate 40 years together. And as the food began to came out, come, come out, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this genie popped up at their table and said, for your 40 years of faithful love to one another, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to grant each of you one wish. Well, the woman looked at her husband and said, man, this has been a great 40 years, but one thing that I've always wanted to do is I've always wanted to travel the world together. That's my wish. And so the genie looked at the lady and said, all right, alakazam, alakazoo, whatever genies say, you know, and poof, all of a sudden, right there at the table appeared two tickets to travel the world on the, on the Queen Mary. Unbelievable. 
Well, the husband looked at his wife and said, well, this is all really good and very romantic and great wish that you have. But I just got to be honest, like, like this kind of thing only comes along once in a lifetime. So I'm going to make my wish a good one. This is what I wish. I love you, honey, but I wish to be married to a woman who's 30 years younger than me. Suddenly the genie said, alakazam, alakazoo, poof, and the man was 92 years old. (laughs) Come on, that's funny right there. I don't even care. I don't care who you are. That's funny. And here's the deal. The whole point of that is simply this. Selfishness tends to backfire. Isn't it true? I mean, many of us, we live our lives for ourselves. Let me build a success. Let me build a life for me. And even if we accomplish everything that we wanted to accomplish at the end of our life, we look back and go, what was the meaning? Like, even if we were as successful as we wanted to be if we only did it for us. What's the purpose in that? In fact, it reminds me of a guy in the Old Testament, a guy by the name of Solomon. If anybody was successful, it was this guy, Solomon. He had everything that you could ever want. I mean, he was hashtag winning in every single way. I mean, he had palaces, he had things, he had wives, he had all of the things that you could ever think that you would want here on this earth. And yet at the end of his life, he looked back and said, What's it all for? In fact, he says it in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse number 1. Look what he says. He says, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, it's madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly and my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to, reservoirs to water the groves and the flourishing trees. I, made, uh, I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks and cattle than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself. And the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers, a harem as well. The delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. And this was the reward for my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was what? Say this word. Everything was meaningless. Like chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained other than the sun. Solomon said, man, I had it all. I had all the pleasure you could have. I had all the fun that you could that a person could ever had. I, I built great kingdoms. I had people who worked for me. I had relationships. I, I did all of the things that you could think you would want to do here on this planet. In the end, it didn't mean anything. It was insignificant. Why? Because I did it for me. And how many people live their lives like that? Oh, they build success, but they have no significance because they have nothing that will last after they're gone. They have no one to share it with. I think George Strait might have been on to something. 
Remember that song? He said, there's a difference in living and living well. Come on, I'm going to have to sing it for you, you know. Can't have it all all by yourself. Come on, right? I think there might have been something there. Because the truth is, man, there is a difference in living and living well. There is a difference in being success and, and being significant, living a life that matters. And what is the difference? The difference is that success says, is all about me. What can I build for me? How can I take even these principles that we've learned in this series? And how can I use those to build a great life for myself? But then in the end, it doesn't really matter at all. Or how can I take a life that, and say, it's not about me, but how can I use these principles to use them to build a success that will in turn be able to benefit others? I think that's what Paul was talking about. This passage that we see in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in what? Everybody say this word, in humility. Value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but to the interest of others in your relationships with one another. He says, have the same mindset. One version says, have the same attitude as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used of his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Paul says, if you want to know what a significant life looks like, look at the life of Jesus. Look at how he lived. Look at what he did. In many eyes, people would say he was not a success here on this earth. And yet his success went beyond him to years and years and years. Hundreds of years later, he's still making an impact, changing lives like yours and mine. And why was that? Because he didn't focus on what he could get for him, but what he could do for others. Paul says, here's how you live a life of significance. You humble yourself and you recognize, hey, there's more people in this world than just me. And it's not just really about me. There's more important things in this world than me. And so if I'm going to build a success in this life, oh, that's great. And I hope you do live up to your potential. But I hope you go beyond that and say, I'm going to build a successful life that's not just about me, but it's about others. I'm going to build a business that doesn't just benefit me so I can have the lake house and the, and the boat and all the stuff and nothing wrong with all of those things. But that you would say, you know what, I'm going to build a great business so that I can be a place where people love to work. So that I can maybe so that I can use the finances that I get to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. I'm going to man, I'm going to be a person of influence, but not so I can be popular and everybody can like all my posts on, on Facebook and Instagram and whatever it is that would build a life for me. But instead, I'm going to have influence so that I can. And use it to bless and benefit others. Success says it's all about me. Significance says it's about others. And man, this is a struggle. I mean, I'll just be honest. This is a struggle even for me. I mean, there there are times when you you think, well, you're the pastor. You shouldn't struggle struggle with this stuff. But I do. I mean, I I can think of times when, you know, the church hasn't been going so great. And I struggle. I'm thinking about one specific time a few years ago where, you know, the numbers weren't really growing. And new people weren't really coming to the church. And, you know, services were really kind of flat. And even the sermons, I know you can't believe this, but even the sermons were just not, not that great. And, man, I remember going through a time of being, and struggling and going, what's going on? And, man, I'm trying to build something. I'm successful here and do something great. And I remember talking to my, to my pastor and my mentor and telling them the struggles that I was facing. Attendance is not really growing and... You know, offerings are not that great, and sermons aren't that great, and whatever. And he looked at me and said, 
you're measuring it by the wrong things. So what do you mean, Pastor? He said, he said, when you leave the church, here's what I want you to start doing. When you leave on a Sunday after church is over, I don't want you to measure whether it was a great service by how many people attended or how good you preached or how much was in the offering or how many people responded to the altar call. Here's what I want you to judge on. One thing and one thing only. How did you love those people? Because that's what matters. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about it, that the greatest of these is love, that this is how God is going to judge our lives, not by what did I build or do for myself, but how did I love others? How did I bless and build a life for others? Success is about me. Significance is focused on others. Number two, write this one down. Success tends to be focused on now, where significance is focused on tomorrow. In fact, how many know we're a very now-driven society that we live in today? It's all about right here and right now. Enjoy the moment. Get all you can out of the moment. Let's spend all the money. Let's spend all the time. Let's do all the stuff to enjoy right here and right now. Like we're a very instant gratification kind of a culture that we live in. And so many times, even successful people, this can be the driving force behind their success. I'm going to build something so that it will benefit me right now. The significant people, they have a different focus. It's not, it's not about right now or what can benefit me right now. It's about what can I leave for others who will be here when I'm gone. How can I focus on what will happen in the future? See, significant-minded people have legacy in mind. What can I do not for me but for others? What can I do not for now but for things that will be here even after I'm gone? In fact, there's a word. We, we, we talked about this in this series. There's a big part of this series, a word called discipline. Everybody say discipline. Remember what we said discipline meant? Discipline means doing the hard stuff now so I can have the good stuff later, right? And this is what significance is all about. Significance says, hey, I'm willing to do the hard stuff now so that I can, and not just me, but others can have the good stuff later. I'm willing to work hard now. I'm willing to do some things now. I'm willing to plant some seeds now so that people, even after I'm gone, can still benefit from the seeds that I planted, from the life that I live. The society, I'm going to choose to focus more on tomorrow's readiness than on today's happiness. See, so many of us, this way we live. We, we focus on, am I happy today? And we will avoid anything difficult at all costs to be happy today. And here's what significance does. It says, even if it's difficult today, it's going to set people up for more success tomorrow. So I'm willing to even be unhappy or uncomfortable or do some hard stuff today so that we together and others after me can have the good stuff later. This is what, this is what uh, the Proverbs writer was talking about in Proverbs Check it out in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6. Look what he says. He says, take a lesson from the ant, you lazy fella. Everybody look at your neighbor. Just tell him, you lazy fella. <laughs> Learn from their ways and be wise. For though they have no king to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. Think about this. Solomon goes, hey, a little bitty ant, a little bit insect very insignificant to us, actually understands more about true significance than many of us do because here's what they understand. Not everything that I have right now is for now. That some of it is supposed to be seeds to be planted 
for later. And it may not even be for me to benefit from later. I plant the seeds so that somebody else can benefit later on in life. See, this is what significance says. It says, it's not just about now. It's not just about me. It's about others. And it's about later. Number three, write this one down. Success is focused on earth. But significance is all about the eternal. Let me just tell you something, guys. Like, you were made for eternity. Everybody, just look at your other neighbor and tell them you were made for eternity. You were. There's more to life than what's happening here on this earth. There's more to life than what's happening right here. There's more to life than, than, than what's going to happen before you die. After you die, there is an eternity that is waiting for you. You were made for eternity. And here's the deal. The way you live this life right here and right now is just a preparation for what eternity will be like. You say, why, why are you telling us this, Pastor? I'll tell you why. Because what your eternity will be like, what your next life will be like, depends on how you lived this life. The decisions you made. The way you lived. The way you spent your time. The way you spent your money. The relationships you had. All of those things that you did on this, on this side of eternity will affect what your life will be like on the other side of eternity. And of course, the most important decision is this. What did you do with Jesus? Did you have a relationship with him? See, this is the question about where you will spend eternity. And, and if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, good news is you can have Back at the end of this service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior and your eternity can be set. You can know where you will spend eternity in heaven with Jesus forever because of the decision you make today. That's powerful stuff, right? But I got to tell you something. It's not just about where you spend eternity. It's about how you're going to spend eternity. Because the truth is, if you're a Christian here today, you could be like, well, I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. I'm a Christian. I've given my life to Jesus, and that's kind of, I'm good. I said the prayer, and we're good, and that's where it ends. But guess what? That's not where it ends. That's only where it starts. If you're a Christian, awesome news is you don't have to stand before the great white throne of judgment. You're going straight into heaven because you know Jesus. Praise the Lord for that. Isn't that awesome? But even Christians, guess what? We will also stand judgment. The Bible talks about it. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. In fact, this is really what this parable was really trying to teach. Jesus was trying to teach, hey, there's more to just this life. There's eternity. And when he talked about the master bringing the servants back and holding them accountable for what they did, he was talking about what it's going to be like at the judgment seat of Christ. This is where Christians are going to be. It's not the decision of where you go to heaven or whether you go to heaven or not. It's, hey, you're already there, but it's now what will heaven be like for you? And it'll all depend on... What happens on that day? And I'll just tell you something. Heaven ain't going to be the same for everybody. Oh, I'm good, Pastor. I'm a Christian. I go to church, give my life to Jesus. I'm going to heaven. It's all going to be good. And yes, praise the Lord for that. But your heaven might be different than somebody else's heaven, than somebody else's. I know we got in our mind what heaven's going to be like. I'm going to be on a, you know, harping on, an, on a cloud and all. But that's not what it's going to be like. And one day we're going to stand before God. And we're going to give an account, not for whether we knew Jesus or not, for our sins have been covered by Jesus. But we're going to give account now for what did we do with the life that God gave us, with the potential that he placed in our life. And your heaven may be different than my heaven, than someone else's heaven, all because of this one thing. 
In fact, the Bible talks about this. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 12. It says, if anyone builds a foundation using silver, gold, or costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day. What's the day? The day is talking about that day, judgment day, when you stand before God. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Here's what Paul's saying. We get to choose. What will we build our eternity out of? Will we build it out of things that are earthly things? Wood, hay, straw that can burn up and be gone in a moment? Or will we build our life out of eternal things? Gold, silver, precious stone. And the Bible says that one day uh, it's going to be like our lives are going to be laid upon the altar. And we're going to be giving an account. And here's how it's going to be tested. That fire will come down on that day. And whatever is left when the fire is gone, that's going to be what we receive our reward for. And if we live for the things of this world, the, the things that are wood, hay, and straw, when the fire comes, they will burn up and they will be gone. But if we lived our lives for eternal things, for God and for others and for things that really matter beyond just this earth and just this life, then when the fire comes, it will be like gold, silver, and precious stones, things that will last forever. The question is, what are you living your life for? Like the question really is, are you living a life of earthly success? What can I build for me? Or are you living a life for eternal significance that says, what can I do for God and what can I do for others and how can I make a difference beyond my life here? That's the question. That's what I want for you. Every one of you, I want you to live your potential. I want you to live it for an eternal purpose. So you say, oh, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, let's get real practical. Let's just talk about it for a minute. I want to give you three things every single one of you can do today before you leave. First one is this. If you really want to live this kind of significant life, eternally significant, here's what you got to do. You just look around. Everybody say, look around. Look around. All you got to do is look around. Everywhere you look, you're going to see people in need. And here's the question. As you look around, here's the question you ask yourself. Who can I help? Who's around me that I could, that I could do something to, to significantly impact their life? And maybe you just look around and you say, man, I go to the gym every day and I see that lady at the gym and she's a single mom and she's struggling and trying to make it, trying to make it by. And how could I help? What could I do? How could I be a blessing there? Maybe you look around your neighborhood and you see, man, there's the elderly guy in our neighborhood and his yard's kind of a mess after all this rain and, and maybe he's just not able physically to do it. And so I'm going to go over there and help him with that. How could I be a blessing there? Maybe you look around at your, at your kid's school and, and you see families that are struggling and you say, how could, I, how could I invite them to church or how could I bless them or how could I help take care of their needs? You look around at church and you see there are needs of people all around you. You look in your life group and you go, where's someone in my life group that we could bless or that we could take care of or, or we could make a difference in their lives? How can I help? I just look around. Maybe it's in your work. Look around and you go, man, there are people in my work that need to hear these same things we've been talking about over this last six or seven weeks of our, of our, our series here at church and the things we're studying in our life group. Maybe you'd be like one of the guys here in the church, a guy named Devin, who said, man, I saw all the drama going on in my work and all the struggle and the conflict and stuff. And so I just decided to invite some of the people at work to do a little Bible study during lunch. And they're actually going through the John Maxwell stuff that we're going through in our life groups. And, and they're just working through all that together. Maybe some of you would get that. Maybe some of you look around and you'd go, man, I see like, like the family in our church that looked around and saw that there are foster kids everywhere that don't have a home. They decide to foster a kid and 
adopt them into their home, but then they realize, man, that's, that's not enough because there's other foster kids that are going from family to family to family, and they take all their stuff and they shove it in a black plastic trash bag, and that shouldn't be that way. So they decided, we're going to start a ministry called Packs with Purpose, and we're going to take backpacks, and we're going to put stuff in them, like school supplies and toothbrushes and, and all the stuff that, some, that a foster kid would need to take with them from foster family to foster family, because we want to make a difference. It's not just about me. Maybe some of you even today, we're doing a thing as our church and in our life groups where we're supporting Pleasant Hills Children's Home and, and filling up their cupboard for, for the month of October for the kids that are in that children's home that you would just say, I don't want to just be a success. I want to live a life that is significant. I'm just going to look around. Who can I help? Number two, write this one down. I'm going to look ahead. Everybody say, look ahead. And here's a question you're going to ask. Not just who can I help, but how can I prepare in fact, I'm going to look ahead and I'm going to see, man, I, I got some dreams that God's put in my life for my family. I want my kids to know and love and serve the Lord when they're adults. I want my grandkids to have these values and these things, the word of God. So how do I prepare for that? How do I plant those seeds in them now so that they can have those things later, even after I'm gone? Maybe you look around and you say, man, I have loved ones that don't know the Lord. I want to see them come to the Lord. How can I prepare for that to happen? Maybe I need to pray for them or maybe I need to invite them to church or, or whatever it is. How can I prepare now so that I can see the legacy be left later? Man, this is something that we decided to do as, as a church. I've tried to do this as your pastor. Like One of the things in my heart is I want, to, I want us as a church to plant other churches. I want, to, I want to plant more LifeGate-type churches in the communities around us, life-giving churches that are making a difference. And you know what? That's a dream my heart been since the beginning that when we first started this church, and we're still not at a place yet where we're ready to kind of go and do that. And so, you know what I said? We can't do that yet, so here's what we can do. We can prepare for that day when that's going to come. And we can plant those seeds now. We significantly, a couple of years ago, started to give significantly to church planting organizations that are planting churches around America and around the world as a seed we're sowing into the dream that God has for us as a church. I started giving some of my time and going to these launch trainings to train church planters and teaching the things that we learned when we were planting the church all because I'm saying, hey, I want to leave a legacy. I want to live a life that's significant, not just a success here at, at LifeGate and in Berlin. But, man, I want to plant seeds to prepare for that success and that significance later down the road. Man, we did this a few years ago. We saw the church growing. We had to go from one service to two services and then start having to prepare for go two services to three services and knowing that we're going to need to build a new building. And financially, we weren't quite ready to do that yet or wasn't sure if we were ready to do that yet. And so we can't build a new building yet, but here's what we could do. We could figure out what it was going to cost to build a building and we could figure out what the payment was going to be. And we just started paying that payment to ourselves, putting it in savings just to see if we could do it because we were preparing for the future. We're preparing. We're building that building out there. You know what that is? Preparing for the next generation that even long after we're gone, people are still going to be coming to know the Lord in that new building out there. So you want to leave a legacy? You look around. How can I help? You look ahead. How can I prepare? Number three, write this down. You look above. Everybody say, look above. Here's a question. Who am I doing it for? Why am I doing it? Look what it says in Colossians 3, verse 23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as what? As if... Working for the Lord, 
not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as reward, for it is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Here's what I do if I want to go beyond success into significance. Man, I'm going to look around and see who can I help. I'm going to look ahead and say, how can I prepare and how can I pass things to the generations ahead from me? And this is what I'm going to do all along. I'm going to keep my eyes focused upward on Jesus, on the reason that I'm doing it and who I'm doing it for. Because, man, it's not easy. You start living this kind of life, you start making these kind of priorities, and I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have some opposition. You have an enemy of your soul. Sometimes that enemy of your soul comes into your life in the form of people. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. If they're in the room, don't point at them. That's just, that wouldn't be nice. But, I mean, sometimes you start to live like this. Guess what? People don't understand. Things happen. Obstacles come. Sometimes it gets so hard. Because you go, man, I'm planting all these seeds and I'm not seeing any harvest. And I'm working really hard trying to live this kind of life. And things just aren't happening. Man, I know there's been times in my life where I'm like, man, I'm trying to live for a purpose that's greater than me. And it just doesn't seem worth it. Come on, you ever been there before? I'll tell you, the only thing that will keep you going in those moments is you got to remember who it's for. And while you're doing it, you got to keep your eyes focused upward on him and not on the distractions and the problems and the opposition that comes. In fact, this is what Paul was talking about in Colossians 3 and verse 1. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ Jesus. So here's what I want you to do. Set your hearts on what? On things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden in Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then also you will appear with him in glory. Here's what Paul is saying. When it gets hard, here's what you do. You get your eyes on Jesus. You set your minds on things above. You set your hearts on things above, not on the earthly things or the things that you can see. You don't decide, I'm going to build a success successful life here on this earth for me. No, 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 no. I'm going to build a life that's significant even long after I'm gone because it's not just about me. It's about others. It's not just about here and now. It's about those that will come after me. It's not, it's not just about what I want. It's about what he wants. And I make that decision. Every single day I get up and say, I'm putting my eyes on Jesus. Everything I do, I'm going to do it for the Lord. I'm going to look around and see the needs. I'm going to look ahead and see how I can prepare. I'm going to look above and focus my mind. 